be in an art show. <laughs> Hold it. Oh, Luna, that you? Hmm. Look what I found. Wow. You got another one? No. That's the same one that fell out of your backpack when you ran off with Molly. What? Moon Podcast Escalation! My name is Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and this is Sailor Business, the podcast where we watch every episode of the classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime and break it down to talk about just why it is that we love this show so much. And we have a fun one uh, today. We are going to be watching episode 28, The Painting of Love, Usagi and Memoru Get Closer. And in order to help us talk about that, we have a very special guest. Kat Murphy is back for her second episode. Kat, welcome back. Thanks, Chris. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. I have a, I have a cup of coffee, reading some uh, reading some independent pro wrestling news, getting getting right in the Sailor Moon, uh, right in the Sailor Moon mindset. Right in the sweet spot. Now, uh, Kat, last time we had you on, uh, we talked about your history with Sailor Moon, uh, which was a uh, delightful story. So anyone who missed that, go and check out our last episode. It also has my favorite moment from the entire series. In case you missed it. So today, I think we're going to try uh, a little bit of listener questions that people have sent to our Twitter account, which is at Sailor Business. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the questions we have today, they're all kind of similar topic. They're all about either reimagining the show in a different genre or, 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 or crossing over and stuff like that. Uh, the first okay. one was, what would the 90s bad girl version of Sailor Moon be? And who would win in a fight between Barbed Wire and Sailor Jupiter? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, who, who wants to tackle this question? Kat, do you want to? Uh, um, I feel like Sailor Jupiter would win uh, just because she's a better constructed character. Um, she what can do you also get? shoot lightning out of her head. She yeah. can, yeah. And she's strong to a degree we don't fully understand or are never really told. I mean, now, I, I never read the Barbed Wire comics. Oh, neither so I'm only familiar I. with Barbed Wire from the, the movie, which I have written about uh, extensively at Comics Alliance. Uh, I, I, did a, I did a long breakdown of, of I mean, Barbed Wire. We were doing independent superhero movies. Movies. That's probably why the question was asked. The question was asked, by the way, by Christopher Cross. I thought you were about to say it was asked by Christopher Cross of uh, oh, Sailing. Yeah, yes, that is who asked us that. That would be a good theme song for the show, too. <laughs> You're right. Sailing by Christopher Cross. Oh, my God. That would be so good. We should make – here's a project that I want to do since uh, I've fallen down on Motoki's Game Corner uh, for so many weeks. Uh, I really want to do a project where we make a mixtape of not Sailor Moon theme songs, but Sailor Moon – like songs that remind us of Sailor Moon. So, so okay. We'll, have, uh, well, so I was going to say that should be the, the, the more homework assignments for our people, for our, our listeners to make uh, oh, yeah. fan videos, make a sailing takes me away <laughs> fan video of Sailor Moon. I got, I got a little, this is way off topic of this question, but I got a little nostalgic the other day and I ended up looking up on YouTube and watching an anime music video that I remember watching in 1999 on VHS. <laughs> oh my God. What of? Oh, it's, it, it's it actually holds up, which is impressive considering for when it was made. But it, it is to uh, Mama said knock you out. Oh man, what show? And it, it's it's no, it's everything. Oh, okay. it's everything. Every, and every line is represented. <laughs> 
completely literally. Okay. Okay. I got you. Uh, up to the point where when uh when the line uh kind of like shaft, so you could say I'm shafting instead of a clip from anime, it's a clip from shaft. Of course. Which is great. Uh anyway, how is there not uh, a shaft I, anime? Oh well. I, I wanna know. <laughs> so you saw that on VHS. How did you get this VHS? A a friend of mine in high school, like, had the ability to record videos from his computer onto VHS tapes. Oh my god. He had like a, a pretty he his uh his dad did like video editing uh-huh. uh, for I believe the local ETV station, the uh the the you know educational PBS station. So uh, he had kind of a, a good audio visual setup at his home computer as well. So the, uh, this friend of mine would uh, download in the days before they were viral videos. They would still be like you know videos that people would post to like Usenet mm-hmm. or whatever. And he would you know pull down these because uh, I believe he had I think he had like 56k guys. He had like 56k modem. Wow. So he would pull down stuff and put it on on VHS tapes and we would like watch it when we were hanging out. And one of them was uh, like anime music videos from the 90s. 90s. Amazing. As for Sailor Moon as a 90s bad girl thing. I imagine it would involve replacing all of the white on all of their uniforms with black leather, mostly. Uh, that's that's a good that's a good thought. But, or, or like, I, I don't quite understand what the question is. What would Sailor Moon be like as one of those comics? Or what would be the like, like which one would Vampirella be? Which one would... would uh, <laughs> I think it's... Be? I think they mean like uh-huh. reimagine Sailor Moon. Because we know that. that she would be Sailor Mars, obviously. Yeah, I was gonna say. Vampirella? Yep. Uh, no, Vampirella. No, she, S-H-I. Oh, she, she, she. she. And Lady uh, Death and... uh, Lady Death, I think, would be Jupiter. (laughs) Vampirella would be (laughs) Venus. Uh, And I don't remember any other 90s bad girl comics. I'm sorry. Yeah. Purgatory. (laughs) With an I. Yes. Um, Next question. All right, next question. Uh, (laughs) Next question is directed at me, but of course everybody can answer. Jordan, if there was a Star Wars Sailor Moon crossover, what the hell would happen? And my first thought immediately is that this is a better question than... I usually get asked about a Marvel Star Wars uh, crossover, and I always go, "Ah, like, I think that would be kind of lame, because it's not very Star Wars-y to do time travel. But Star Wars takes place a long time ago, so does uh, the the backstory of Sailor Moon. So I think a Star Wars Sailor Moon crossover would be all about the Silver Millennium. I think it'd be really, really interesting to see like the force implications of the like planet seeds <laughs> yeah 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 i mean yeah I, I i i think that could be that could be neat it would be back you know back when when sailor moon was just the moon princess and the scouts were her bodyguards and uh, her mother was the the queen of uh, of the moon and uh they could meet the uh the rebellion and help fight stuff i feel like uh it would be uh a, a sailor moon star wars crossover uh would be like a young palpatine <laughs> Okay, <laughs> like like a like a fourteen year old Palpatine, sure. like seeing he'd be like seeing the uh, the the four kings of heaven uniforms. I mean, like those uniforms are pretty good. <laughs> I like those uniforms a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what, if they, what if they had terrible hats? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, I mean, that's what I think. Yeah, and I think I think Sailor Scouts versus Jedi and stuff like that would be neat. I don't know who would win. That's a toughie. Uh, obviously, yeah, Sailor, Sailor Scouts, Scouts would win. I don't know, yeah. man. All the really? Empire does is lose. No, no, I'm saying versus versus Jedi. If they were fighting Jedi, all they do is lose. <laughs> There's three movies about them losing. <laughs> I don't know. And I feel like if you're working all of the scouts mythology into Star Wars mythology, that's their power levels. Like Jedi are are having out or cutting, you know, into into what do you small percentages, like all of the light side of the force. Whereas like they have the whole power of a planet behind them. The scouts do, you know, that that's and true. like the silver millennium crystal is supposed to be the ultimate power source. I, I will say if there was any <laughs> scene in Star Wars, 
Star Wars, where the good guys got together and like put hands on each other's shoulders with the power of friendship. <laughs> I would like Star Wars ten times more than I do, but and I they, just like Guardians of the Galaxy a lot. I uh, well, yeah, Chris, Chris, maybe we need the like Kyber crystal, like the K A I B U R R crystal, to like come out of Anakin's chest <laughs> as he realizes the power of friendship, and all of this could have been avoided. I mean, technically, well, that's a good point. They do have power crystals and everything. Um, no, I was going to say, Chris, in the end of A New Hope, friendship does save the day. Because uh, it's only Han Solo only comes back because he doesn't want to turn on his friends, and he saves Luke, and that's why they blow up the Death Star. So friendship yeah, does win. Yeah, that's like that's like friendship leading to a physical action. I want friendship <laughs> to manifest itself as a force. <laughs> the force it runs through all of us. It penetrates us. Maybe it's friendship. I don't think it penetrates us is a line in that movie. It absolutely <laughs> is. Obi Wan says oh it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> he should not say that. Then. <laughs> all right, all right. Hey, no. yeah, I went to this uh, i went to this you know that that creepy old man that uh, my aunt and uncle always told me to stay away from i went to his uh house out in the middle of nowhere and he talked about how the force penetrates us oh it's good it's good um so next one is in light of joseph khan's power rangers uh pitch me your gritty reboot of sailor moon so if you don't know this guy did a, a video uh, i believe it's called power slash rangers and it like is face it's a, off yeah kind of uh it's a, but it's a gritty uh revision of the power of the power rangers uh, did you see this chris i actually didn't like a bunch oh. of people sent it to me but like i'm surprised you didn't watch it you love well, i don't rangers. like i do love power rangers i don't like gritty reboots yeah i you know what i actually remember watching when i was watching it i was like i wonder what chris is gonna think of this uh it's got james vanderbeek in it it's got katie sackoff in it uh maybe some other people i can't remember the concept really quick is basically i mean that's the thing they kept showing power rangers using like guns and stuff and i was like that's not that's weird and like killing people well the thing the thing about the the mighty Morphin power rangers was they have guns they just never use them well they're like laser guns though aren't they yeah but they are like they are guns yeah. Which I think is hilarious. Like the current Power Rangers series, the uh, uh, Dino Charge, which is based on Kairuger, uh, they literally, like, their devices that allow them to transform are guns. Uh, they're like, they look like Nerf guns. Huh. And they put, you know, dinosaur souls in them. In little <laughs> dinosaur <laughs> souls that just happen to look like AA batteries. Uh, but yeah, they have, they have guns, which I think is hilarious. I mean, my feeling on this video was that it was very well done, and it, but it but in the long run, it, all it all it was doing is pushing nostalgia buttons and being gritty. Like it didn't seem to have anything to say about Power Rangers. It wasn't being, you know what I mean? It, in that respect, it wasn't didn't have anything clever to say. It was just here's Power Rangers, but like people die and they swear and things like that. And I was kind of like, okay, yeah. whatever. Like, well, you know, you did a good job, special effects, all that. But so when I saw this question, I was like, I like you, I was kind of like, I don't, I don't think I want a gritty reboot of Sailor Moon. I like it. I like the innocence of Sailor Moon. The, the, oh, go ahead, Kat. Well, I was going to say, I, I also did not watch it because I also do not like gritty reboots. But this is this brings up an interesting thing. And like part of the reason that I don't like gritty reboots around kids uh, franchises is because these are made for an audience. And specifically, Sailor Moon was made for an audience of young girls that didn't at the time get the sort of attention that they deserved in their native culture. And it was something that they got to own. And uh, it was really cool and told them like really cool things. And over time, like the whole magical girl genre, like in the beginning, it, it kind of catered to both boys and girls. And there was like cutie honey and all of that stuff. Uh, but then Sailor Moon sort of hit the stride of like, nah, we're about 12 year old girls. And you got Captain Sakura and you got a, bu a bunch of wonderful things. And like then Ojumajo Doremi turned from something that was like, really for young girls into 
Pretty Cure, which specifically catered to the male gaze. And then uh, Madoka came around. And I love Madoka, but that is the gritty reboot of the <laughs> say, uh, of the magical girl genre. So like, if you want, I understand this Power Rangers thing is, uh, just watch that. Um, and it's really good. You'll love it. Um, but it's doing those sorts of things. It's not for a young female audience. It's for an older audience that's part nostalgia and part like, oh, what if this thing were dark? Um, but if we take all of that aside, I actually have some pretty cool ideas, I think, for things that you could do <laughs> to, okay. to get into the nitty gritty with Sailor Moon. Okay. So um, part of the deal with Sailor Moon is that like when they get to the, the end game is that everyone is going to live forever. And it's not just them. It's everyone on Earth and the moon. And there's this statement that's like, it's been 900 years of peace because there's been no reason for anyone to do anything bad because they get to live forever. And that seems bonkers to me. Yeah. Like, just if, if you said, okay, everyone who's alive on Earth today now has elf immortality, so don't do crimes, I feel like people would do crimes and it would be a really different landscape. So I, I'm, I'm curious as to what a 900 years in the future of everyone just having, you know, looked 22 forever uh what that looks like and what the political dynamics are well i mean well uh, oh you go ahead i was just gonna say the only gritty reboot that i have really enjoyed and i mean like it depends on what you mean by gritty reboot because obviously i'm a dude who loves the dark knight returns right. <laughs> quite a bit uh but the only real like full-on gritty reimagining of something that i've ever really really loved is pluto by uh naoki Rosawa. oh that's Pretty so great. good yeah but which is you know it, it takes a superhero story and makes it a crime story basically it takes you know an Astro Boy story and makes it a murder mystery. But it still keeps, like, it's still a book that's very much about heroism and a, and a book that's very much rooted in these kind of, the same kind of ideas that you get from superhero fiction and that, you know, good good wins out in the end. You know, people care about each other. It's not it's not just a thing where it's like, oh yeah, everything's awful, which is right. what many uh, yeah. dark and gritty reboots uh, take into account. The reboot that I want to see of Sailor Moon, depending on what you mean by gritty, <laughs> depending on what you like, I, the one thing I would really want to see is I want to see the show about the Dark Kingdom. I want to see the show where it's you only see Sailor Moon at the end, like at the end of each episode, where she comes in and fucks up the plans, and it just follows the Dark Kingdom, and it's it's Jedi's business plan, it's you know Zoocyte being terrible to Nephrite, it's uh, Zoocyte like, and and Kunzite's awful relationship that they have. So while they're just like wrecking all of the other countries of the world, yeah, yeah like, no, but I want to see them. I want to see them failing. Like, oh, yeah. okay. I, I do kind of want to see them just like, the episodes from their, their side. In, yeah, I, I want to see them having their successes in America and in, in Europe. I, I mean, they wouldn't have successes in Europe because that's where Sailor Migos. But I want to see The Office with the Dark Kingdom, and it, it's just <laughs> yeah. their and, miserable. And if there's one thing that describes, of, if there's one thing that describes The Office, it's gritty. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, I'm like, kidding, I'm I, kidding, I'm kidding. I want to see the business plan. I want to see Jedi's business plans. I want to see Jedi in his office with like a pair of glasses and an adding machine. See, okay, now, because the thing is, when people say, yeah, when people say gritty reboot, I think of things like like The Dark Knight Returns, like things where they go, okay, well, let's take something that was childish and we'll make it so that like everybody's dying and there's blood and, and you know, bro bones break. And I kind of feel like, yeah, I don't really want to see that about Sailor Moon. If, if, I, if I was going to see a mature audience's Sailor Moon, I kind of would want it to be like a more dramatic. Like, I mean, I don't mean in style, like a Mad Men Sailor Moon, but like in that it's just about like people's emotional lives and like... <laughs> 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, what, okay, for example, Sailor Moon is a show about friendship for children. Well, what is a show about friendship for adults? Like, what is a show about friendship for people who have grown up and are living their lives and trying to, like, have families but still maintain friendships? That could be an interesting show. But at the same time, that, I mean, I don't know. That's not Sailor Moon, so who knows? Yeah. I don't know. It's what is that friends. show, though? It could be good. I feel like it would be. No, but see, I don't, want, I don't want friends. That's terrible. Friends oh. is garbage. Is there is there a, is there a better show than that? I do feel like it would be interesting to see. You know, like I I know that they you know they live forever, right? <laughs> but I do feel like it would be interesting to see like what happens to you know what happens to Isagi when she's thirty. Yeah. You know, like yeah. like what's she doing when she's thirty? Not necessarily in a dark way, like you know, oh, I've given up on all my dreams because you know she's still a moon princess. I mean, is she already queen of the like, world at that point, or is she? Yeah, she would be. Oh. Well, she she, would be. she becomes queen of the world at age twenty two, and then has a baby and loses her Sailor Moon powers. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's terrible. It was a really weird decision. Wow, you just spoiled that for me. That's awful. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, no. (laughs) No, Look, we were going to get to it anyway. I do think it would be fun to see like, uh, you know, uh, Rock of Ages, the Justice League story? The I thought you meant the musical. No, no, no. no. That's why I had to specify. (laughs) Uh, I've heard of it. That's the one where Batman has the plans for everybody? No, no, no. That's Tower of Babel. Oh, well then, no, I don't know Rock of Ages. I'm sorry. I don't know Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages is the one where they go into the future where Dark side has taken over the world. Okay. Uh, and you get to see like uh uh like they they go into their future bodies and it's it's uh I think it's Aquaman, uh Flash, Green Lantern and Wonder Woman. Okay. Uh and so you get to see like it, it's kind of a, a one of the first times they did like a post-apocalyptic Justice League. Like oh the it, this is what the world would look like if the bad guys won. And there's just like a giant fire pit in the center of America like there was an apocalypse. So I, I feel like it would be fun to see like, you know, the alternate universe where uh they take over the crystal points, right? So the, so the Crystal Tokyo gets gets taken over, and you kind of get to see the the guerrilla underground resistance led by the Sailor Scouts. That would be fun. That could be, but I don't fun. think that's sustainable. Fun. You know, if somebody put a gun to my head and was like, "You absolutely have to make the you know gritty reboot of Sailor Moon," it's a well, very likely scenario. A very likely scenario <laughs> because we're doing this podcast, it will happen. Um, right. I, then I would probably do it. Want to do a thing where it was like, I mean, I and mean, I feel like this is cheesy, and maybe it's been done, but a thing kind of like. Uh, where they've won, the show's over, they won, but now they're not necessarily friends. Like, they grew up and they went to college because they have lives and stuff. And well, they, that's awful. And they're not necessarily friends yet, and then something needs the Sailor Scouts and they have to, like, overcome growing apart to get back together and do this. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, think there's a, I think there's a lot of, you know, darker ideas that you could use with Sailor Moon, but I think it, at its core, it, it, it's, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. And so, I feel like all of the ideas that we're putting out there as things that we really want to see aren't actually darker they're just more mature and that yeah. is like I am curious that's like when when Sailor Moon doesn't have her powers anymore what does her day to day look like and how is she coping I really want to know she's just like um, Mrs. Tsukino she, she, I think she becomes a teacher and she changes her name to Patricia Haru <laughs> oh, it goes back in time <laughs> it goes back in time um, I got one more question no, I, I will say oh, okay here's here's what we do here's the dark here's the dark depressing Sailor Moon show that we have talked about on this show oh. it's the one about Naru oh, it's well, the yeah. show from Naru's perspective oh no Oh. Where it's it's Naru in therapy, uh, where she's talking about how she has been isolated and and attacked consistently by monsters. We get to see her in this episode, and she's fine, by the way. Oh yeah, she's a okay. What do you what do you say we go ahead and start in with this one? Oh, you don't want to do one more? Let's do- oh, okay, let's do one more. Oh, okay. Do- 
this is odd because it actually mentions something that you talk about, I think on two episodes ago, liking a lot, which is what would the dynamics of a crime syndicate style Sailor Moon mirror alternate universe be? Oh, no. Uh, I I believe that is a plot point in the uh, Super NES RPG that I've been slowly and uh, steadily oh. trying to play, the Sailor Moon Another Story, which is, uh, the, I look, not going to lie, that game came out in like 1994, so I think it's fine now. I am playing it on an emulator, and it's a fan translation, so I haven't quite gotten to where the uh, the evil Sailor Scouts show up, but I, I do like that idea because I think it's really fun to kind of take that to its logical, you know, Earth 3 crime syndicate conclusion, and you have Queen Beryl as Sailor Moon. Like, That's you have fun. Queen Beryl, the good guy, and the, the four kings of heaven are her scouts. That's awesome. Uh, and I, I would that. really love to see, I would really love to see, like, you know, the, what do uh, Zoosite and Kunzite look like when they're not terrible people? <laughs> you know, what does that romance look like when they're not terrible people? Like, what do, what do, does, uh, what's Nephrite and uh, Zoosite's relationship when they're not trying to kill each but other? But here's the thing, here's the thing. Now, if, correct me if I'm wrong, C- Crime Syndicate, they're not, like, reversed personalities. They still are them, it's just them taken to the evil version of them, right? No, they're, they're like, Earth 3 is completely, is, is reversed. The good guys are bad guys and the bad guys are good guys. No, no, I know that, but what I'm saying is, like, evil, evil, um, Superman is not like when Superman likes hot things, evil Superman likes cold things. Like, I, <laughs> it's like they have the same no, personality. <laughs> right, right, right. So it would be like, what would the evil version of Usagi be? Not like, well, she's lazy, so this one would be working really hard. It would be like, no, like the evil lazy. <laughs> Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess so. So, I, so like, she, she, yeah, she gets to just do the like swirly hand animation <laughs> for, for a billion episodes. Yeah, but I think I think what you get is like you know, uh, like we know Makoto's really strong. Yeah, and we know that like the first thing Makoto does is she shows up and beats some dudes to you know defend Isagi. Mm-hmm. So like I feel like Earth Three Makoto, you know, Crime Syndicate Makoto would be a bully. Uh, yeah, and, you know, Ray, I, th- I feel like would be Ray. I feel like would be like really sacrilegious. <laughs> She would, you know, Amy would still be smart, but she would, she wouldn't be the kind hearted genius. She'd be kind. Yeah, she wouldn't be warm. She'd be yeah. cold. Amy would be like half cyborg, which is, I guess, half robot. So she would be quarter <laughs> robot. Yeah, yeah. But I'm seeing, I guess. What do you do Sailor V? I uh, guess I she's just an effective leader. Sailor V would be like, she would be known across the world as the world's greatest criminal. Aww. Oh, that's pretty good. See, now that's the thing is that, like, I feel like what's funny, as you said many times, Usagi is relatable because she has these negative qualities that she overcomes. And so it's funny because my first thing of like if you take Usagi and turn her evil it would be like she just doesn't give a shit like she yeah, just doesn't be, do she'd anything she'd be lazy and stupid <laughs> but not like nice <laughs> oh man Usagi, Usagi would be like the best worst villain she would <laughs> She'd be like the the evil Wonderella. Like if you've ever read the Wonderella strip, where there's the uh, the the evil Wonderella who is similarly lazy, no. <laughs> like does as much evil as Wonderella does good. So nothing ever become... happens. Oh, that's great! Like I would love to see like evil Luna dragging evil uh, Usagi <laughs> into combat. Right. See, that's the thing because Luna is evil. She would like torture her or something until she goes off and fights fights for evil. <laughs> She'd be like, she'd be like, look, I have the school bus on the cliff. All you need to do is push it over. <laughs> oh man, that's All fun. Right. That's a fun question. That yeah, I, w- I would love to see the. I'd love to see the good. I kind of want to see the good dark kingdom, the light kingdom. Yeah, no, that sounds awesome too. That uh, really more does. than I would like to see the uh, evil sailor scouts actually, because they are such they, interesting characters. You want to see them more? Yeah, they really are. Like, it, and we never, we never see Queen Beryl doing anything, oh, which it, I think is a real, a real problem with the show. Like, I mean, she she does the stuff. But she swirls energy like until the last two episodes. She swirls energy for fifty episodes. Just wanna, just wanna mention that in that world, uh, evil Naru seduces. <laughs> <Not right. laughs> 
Oh my god. Oh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> and he like tries to resist, but at the last minute he goes. Oh, Fart. I didn't tell you this. I, I meant to tell you this in the, in the last episode, and this is the last thing we'll do before we actually get to talking about the episode. Okay. Uh, I went to uh, I, I, we had a a local comic book convention uh, yesterday, and afterwards, uh, uh, Chad Bowers, my writing partner, and I we went to go get uh, cupcakes at a local bakery. Mm-hmm. And I look into the case, and they they have different stuff every time I go in. But I look into the case, and they have chocolate parfait. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'll take one of those. <laughs> You had a chocolate parfait with him? I had a chocolate parfait. So that, and I've saved it so that I can have it after we're done talking about Sailor Moon. Nice. Oh, so you haven't even eaten it yet? I haven't eaten it yet. It's, oh, wow. I'm saving it for when we get to eat it together. I, I think I went off Naru and more towards Andrew Dice Clay's impression of his girlfriend. <laughs> Perfect, though. Uh, but now is the time. Uh, like I said, we're watching episode 28. This is The Painting <laughs> of Love. Sagi and Memoru get closer. Uh, you can watch along with us on Hulu or in the uh, Sailor Moon Volume 2 Blu-ray or DVD set. Our heroine, Usagi Tsukino, 14 years old, birthstone is pearl, blood type O. She is a cancer. But we don't find any of that out because once again, we have another new introduction. Yeah. Uh, and this introduction uh, is all about uh, having Jupiter having joined the scouts. No, no, no. So, no, it skips even that. Yeah. The new new introduction is just about the rainbow crystals. Oh, is it? Yeah, it was them going. She goes, "I'm I'm Sailor Moon, and I, we have to find the rainbow crystals before oh, the right. the bad guys do." Uh, and then she says, "But thankfully, we've got a whole bunch of Sailor Scouts on my side. We got four of them. I don't think it'll be a problem." Right, and you you actually see her. There's a new shot in the intro of her with the four other teammates, which I really like because first of all, they make Amy uh, hunker down in the front of the picture. <laughs> Dick move. Uh, but you get to see, it's one of the only times that we get to see Makoto and Rei and Usagi standing right next to each other. So you really get a sense of how much bigger than the others uh, Makoto is. She, you know, she's much taller than Usagi and even taller than Rei. So that's pretty cool, I think. And I'm pretty sure this is, I mean, this is the only time we see this little piece of, of animation. And it doesn't last long because it's not going to be little, uh, Minako showing up. So it's a nice little piece of, of new animation just for the intros of these episodes. Yep, pretty nice. So, uh, uh, that having been settled, uh, we go into the Dark Kingdom, and once again, Queen Beryl is in a recap mode. <laughs> she says, "Hey, there's uh, there's seven rainbow crystals. We have one, but two have been stolen from us." And she holds up two fingers, <laughs> like just so everybody gets it. Uh, but there's actually a really a pretty cool thing when she does that, which is that uh, the focus stays on her face. So her hand that she's holding up the fingers on is slightly blurry in the foreground, which is a nice little a nice little uh, cinematic technique for that scene. Agreed. Also, Beryl looks completely different uh, from the last episode. So we are once again dealing with a different director or team of animators. She still has ear horns, though. Oh, she, I love her ear horns. They're the weirdest thing in the world. Beryl, uh-huh. I love Beryl's design. Kat, do, are, do, you, do you have opinions on I- Beryl one way or the other? Yeah, I think she's adorable. I really love her design. <laughs> I, listen, That's, I like her little fangs. I love, but I, I don't know. Again, I'm like a big old D and D nerd. I love pointy-eared people in all in all incarnations. No, that's exactly it. I think I they should have just given her pointy ears. Like ear horns is weird. Pointy ears is normal. <laughs> I love how I much eyeshadow that Beryl has because she has like, there's a close up of, of her face <laughs> and she has severe, she has like Blade Runner 
levels of eyeshadow. <laughs> it's great. I think I, I love Beryl's design. You were going to say, okay. Oh, all I was going to say was that like, do you think that, do you think that they're, that they're a hard material or do you think they're fleshy? Well, it's like if they erased the line between the pointy part and the rest of her ear, I would be like, yeah, those are just flesh pointy ears. But because she's got a full drawing of an ear and then there's this pointy thing up top, I don't know. It's just weird looking. I have no idea what that's supposed to represent. I feel right. like Beryl's design has a lot of stuff where there's just like, bone spurs and, and like spikes sticking out of her. Like she's got the ones on her shoulders. Yeah. And I feel like the ears because the way they're drawn is like, yeah, it's it's like a weird little carapace on her ears. Uh, so I think they are, I think they're part, I think they're bone, uh, but I really like it. Yeah, I think they gotta be bone too. I think that there has to be some sort of, of, of heart, because like, because of her shoulder spikes that she has like a dire queen barrel situation going on. <laughs> she's a plus one challenge rating for queen barrel, <laughs> as opposed to any other queens that you will encounter. She's like a queen Serenity is just like a regular queen. Uh, so we cut to uh, a park where everyone has paired off because it is a it is a time of lovers. Everyone, uh, spring has sprung. <coughs> Everyone's fancy has turned to love, uh, except for Usagi, who is sitting alone on a park bench uh, with a Charlie Brown esque frown on her face. <laughs> In the, in the long shot. And she's thinking about how she wishes she was with Tuxedo Mask. And Luna, who is a killjoy, is sitting behind her and goes, uh, he took one of those rainbow crystals. He's probably your enemy. And you know, we're probably going to have to fight Tuxedo Mask. And we get a great shot of Yusagi saying, saying, no, I don't, I don't want to. That is correct. <laughs> and yeah, and again, she's got her bag. Uh, she's got the moon stick. <laughs> Just like sticking out of her bag in the Which most is hilarious. <laughs> awkward way. No, again, she has a secret identity. <laughs> that is like that is is like Bruce Wayne walking around with the utility belt sticking out of his pockets. <laughs> she to doesn't be do fair that. To Bruce Wayne, don't people people kind of know about utility belts? People have no idea what a glowy moon stick is supposed. <laughs> yeah. to Okay, do. well that is a good argument. Except that who shows up but Naru Osaka, Yusagi Tsukino's mm-hmm. best friend, who has seen Sailor Moon on multiple occasions, including using the moon stick. <laughs> True. <laughs> Which, which brings us back to our, our debate over whether uh, the, the, the one real fan theory I think we have about the show, aside from, from my insistence that uh, Amy and Makoto are destined lovers, which is that uh, does Naru know Usagi as Sailor Moon? Uh, is it a, is it a, a Pete Ross slash Lana Lang situation I don't going know, on? man. Let's see. What, does this episode have any clues? I mean, this actually might. You, you could argue that in this episode, the reason she wants Usagi specifically to come see these paintings that she's about to take her to see, spoiler, is because she knows she's Sailor Moon and they look clearly very Sailor Moon-like. So maybe it could still be true. I, I think she kind, kind of does. And like, my reasoning is that she sees her, like, the dynamic of their friendship has changed. And like, I think that the reason that she's cool with like letting her go off with, uh, with, with Mamo-chan to, to hang out with this artist is that she's like, something else is going on with that girl, you know? Like, even if she doesn't outright know that it's Sailor Moon, that she suspects that she's somehow related to all of this. She's gotta. Yeah. I think there's merit to both sides. Uh, I, I think it, it makes, it's, it's way better for Naru if she knows. <laughs> Because then at least she, you know, we, we have that scene in uh, the episode with uh, Nephrite where she calls Yusagi uh, to kind of give her a heads up. And, you know, you can argue that, oh, like, oh, she just doesn't have anyone else to talk to. But it's it's kind of better if she knows then. But uh, I honestly, like, it's, it's one of those things that I think could really go either way. Like, it makes sense both ways. It's nicer for Naru if she knows because she's just not being abandoned by her friends. Honestly, I, I, we, again, we've talked about the Naru show a million times, but I really 
love that ending of the Naru show where Naru is like, it's okay. I accept that I'm just a regular person and she's special and I have to kind of slowly pull myself out of her life in order to let her go save the world. It's sad and kind of bittersweet, but it's sort of like noble in its sadness. And I like that. I still like, uh, I still like my theory that uh, while Sailor Moon is happening, uh, Azumanga Dayo is also happening in the same classroom <laughs> with, uh, with Furuna. <laughs> As Yukari and Naru is just there, Osaka. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, um, from there, uh, or, well, Naru is meeting up with Isagi because she wants to show her an art exhibit from the great new artist Yumemi Yumeno, uh, who is a reclusive painter that no one has ever seen Wait. outside of her uh, self-portraits. You forgot something. Oh, oh, that's right. I did. I forgot one of the funniest parts of this episode. So <laughs> when she drags uh, Isagi away by the arm, Isagi just totally drops the moonstick out of her bag. It goes flying and almost winds up in the river, except that Luna spazzes out and just barely grabs it <laughs> at the last second uh, and then it picks it up and runs away with it. Uh, so casually just completely forgetting her, her, her duty as Sailor Moon as yeah, always. Which, which is hilarious because she doesn't even like she puts it she puts the moonstick in her bag but like she doesn't even like put it down in her bag she just no. kind of drops it on top like it's sticking out. Yeah. You're which, guys going to have to pay attention in further episodes how she handles it because like this should have taught her. <laughs> this is we'll where see. she should learn you can't just do that. The weird thing is it, it, like one of the weird things about Sailor Moon is kind of trying to figure out which things are physical yeah and which things only manifest when she's sailor moon because like her tiara is part of her costume so her tiara only comes out when she is transformed but it's like a thing that she uses the moonstick and the 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 brooch are things that you know serena has to carry around like that usagi has to carry around and i guess the it's the same way with the pins which are actual pins but you know what like, what's weird is with the moonstick serena or usagi needs to carry them around sailor moon does not yeah yeah they just show out of nowhere when She's Sailor right. Moon. Yeah, she, like Usagi has to have it in her bag, but but Sailor Moon clearly doesn't have it for the entire you know three quarters of a fight, and then all of a sudden she has it to do moon healing. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those mysteries. I've always I've always wondered with a tuxedo mask with the cases because like are you guys up to date on Crystal? Uh, uh, no, I'm way behind on Crystal. Yeah, me too. Okay, we were really excited say... about Crystal in the first part of the show, and then we became less excited about Crystal and more excited yeah, about I the totally old show. I totally understand. The only reason that I'm watching Crystal again is because Chibi Moon showed up. Um, yeah, it's very exciting for me. But because of that, I, I'm catching back up like with those middle episodes. So uh, there is... Uh, do you, can I spoil Crystal for you? Oh, yeah. please, it's please out there? Do. Okay. Look, you've already spoiled the regular show. I, yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's, I've seen them all. The I've seen them all. So. And I don't know that that happens in the show, Chris. Yeah, that's that might true. not be a thing. It's a manga thing. They're, they're totally... It's different. At, at one point, Usagi and um, Mamoru are hanging out at his apartment talking about his backstory story and he has his top hat and like cane and cape draped over his couch no and yeah and he's like talking about how like as a part of trying to regain his memories he knows that something is involved with this tuxedo so he wears it around sometimes i'm like do you just is that what happens do you actually change clothes? Well, he does that in uh, in the first episode of Crystal, and he does it in the manga as well, where the yeah. first time you see him, he is literally walking around on the streets of uh, the Juban district wearing a tuxedo with a Dracula medal. Yeah, I think he just wears that. I think he, like, Superman quick changes when everybody else has a transformation sequence. He just puts on a tuxedo. But we see, we haven't in seen it show. yet in, at this point in the show, have we? Or did we already see transformation it? Transformation sequence? We saw in it. Chris yeah, no. 
okay. no, in in the real in the old yeah, show. In this, but uh, yeah, Justin Crystal, I was just like, what are you? What? That's crazy. <laughs> I, yeah, it's insane. I believe we also at one point see Memoru actually tending to a rose bush, which I think is hilarious. No, uh, well, I'm apparently sure that he doesn't. Have, he doesn't do the roses in Crystal, much. right? No, no, yeah. he doesn't. I, I'm pretty sure in uh, in Sailor Moon R, we actually see him tending to a rose bush. I might, I might have dreamt that or made it up, but I'm pretty sure that happened. But I mean, they're magical roses, right? They're not just regular roses, right? Because <laughs> you regular. Regular roses regular don't roses do can that. Just stick in concrete. No, when you throw them hard enough. No. <laughs> well, I don't think you know anything about horticulture. Is it, so. This is like the way when you see magicians throwing cards into melons and stuff. It's like if yeah, you throw a rose. Re- those are just regular cards. <laughs> just a rose hard enough, it goes right into the ground. Okay, makes sense right. to me. Sure. So, okay, you you face, go through a tree, do whatever. As you were saying about the artist, though. She, right. they, Yumemi Yumeno. Yes. Uh, her paintings are really popular right now, which I think is a hilarious way for Naru to convey that idea. Like, to convey the idea that we have not seen Yumemi Yumeno yet. Because, you know, paintings, sometimes they get real popular. Uh, but uh, Yusagi remarks that the, there are a lot of couples at the gallery show. And then Umeno, Melvin, just pops out from, I believe, behind a painting. <laughs> Which is amazing, and just goes. That's because you made me paints pictures of love, and uh, if you buy a great, if you buy them, you you get your wish of love. There's a, a great reaction from Misagi uh, to Umino popping out, where her like she gets giant softball size eyes, uh, and meanwhile Nara's just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> I'm into him now. It's cool. So so uh, you find out that she do- she does these self portraits. Well, there's there's also one more joke. Like oh, she does sorry. say, uh, she does say that uh, if you buy the painting, your wish of love will come true. And you saw he gets really excited. And goes, I'm gonna buy a poster. <laughs> He's just gonna get a print. <laughs> so they find out. So they they talk about the, the painter, and yeah, nobody knows her, but they get to her her self portraits, and it's like this beautiful picture of a beautiful woman. Like it, it looks like Yu Gi Oh. By the way. Oh yeah, I I never watched that. No, like just Google Yu Gi Oh real quick and tell me that this self portrait of Yumemi does. Not look exactly like the main character. Yeah, I'm doing that too. The character with the pointy hair? Yeah, the boy? The, Yugi? Look, look at her weird bow and her blonde hair. I don't know. <laughs> okay, fine. I think Maybe you're alone me. on this one. Yeah, I, I don't see it at all. But, uh, so they're saying like, yeah, she doesn't ever come out and she doesn't ever come to showings. And, and while they're having this conversation, <laughs> this is, I think, my favorite visual gag of the episode. And there's a lot of good visual gags. Uh, while Melvin is explaining, uh, you know, oh, she's a mysterious beauty who never appears in front of people. No one knows what she looks like. There is a lady walking around in the background of the shot. She's the only other thing that's animated in the scene. <laughs> Just this uh, lady with you know brown hair in in braids and these big melvin style glasses just walking around looking at people in the background which i think is hilarious and uh and they they what is it they say that makes her laugh they're like oh they start saying well maybe she what if she's not really beautiful what if she's in hiding because she's really ugly (laughs) (laughs) shitty mean kids (laughs) they're middle school kids what do they know about anything i mean look that is true and uh yusagi sees a picture uh, catches her attention that is totally a picture of her in tuxedo mask 100 percent. um without the meatballs but other than that or the buns whatever you want to call them uh other than that it's totally a picture goes. of her oh goes, yeah um cut to outside uh which by the way is the poster advertising the event yes she should have seen it before now because yeah literally he's walking uh memora is walking by outside and sees the exact same poster uh picture on the poster advertising the and event. Put, he puts his hands on the glass he's like <laughs> what <laughs> Oh my god, that's the that's the vision I had. That's the that's the woman who tells me to find the crystals in my dreams every night. 
<laughs> well, it's true. So then the woman, uh, I mean, let's just stop beating around the bush. That's the painter who is creeping yes. around. Oh, okay. <laughs> did we not Did we not explain that adequately? <laughs> yes, that is you made me you met <laughs> So that I don't have to mince words. She comes out, sees uh, Amora out there and is like, whoa, you look, you're, it's you. I know you. You're exactly the guy. Now, this sort of is weird because she's, she's saying she wants him to model for paintings. Clearly, she had an adequate model because she did a picture that looks exactly like him. She's just painting her dreams, man. Well, now she can't do that anymore and, and she's and, looking and for as models. We, as we all know, Darian is a former Calvin Klein model. They do mention that in the uh, in the uh, the dub at, at later in the episode. She says... Oh, what is this episode called in the dub? We didn't talk about that. What oh, um, an artful attack. No, no, <laughs> good. not good. No, that is terrible. That's awful. That's really good. Uh, what are you talking about? It's not good. No. Mm. It's better than Usagi and Memoru get close. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's a little weird. So, so... Here's, well, here's my thing about this scene. Okay. Uh, Yumemi leaves the art gallery. Yeah. Uh, as uh, Memoru is kind of backing away from the, the poster that depicts Tuxedo Mask and Sailor Moon. And he bumps into her and she drops her sketchbook and drops her glasses. And for some reason, and I don't understand this because it doesn't really go with the rest of the show. For some reason, Memoru doesn't go, watch where you're going, you pile of trash, <laughs> you stupid, <laughs> ugly, trash person. He only says that to people he he's uncomfortably attracted head. to. I don't get it. He only does that to people he's uncomfortably attracted to. Hey, four. Four eyes, awful, <laughs> no. ugly person. He said he's a good person, so he says, "I'm sorry." He's a horrible person. What she recognizes talking? him. Okay, he does do some kind of bad stuff in this episode. He, she recognizes him as a model for the guy in her dreams, and she goes, "I need you to model for me. I need you to model for me." And like latches onto him, like physically grabs him to take him away to model right that minute. And um, uh, Naru sees this. <laughs> goes, "Hey, isn't that one of Motoki's friends?" In the dub, she says, isn't that that guy, Darian, that you hate? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like she's talking to me. No, she's talking to Yusagi. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go bug him. Uh, I love that, but I love that, like, that's such a good way for, you know, because again, Naru doesn't hang out with the scouts. No. So they, she doesn't know, you know, she's never around when, when Memoru is around. She would only know him from being a dude who shows up to, you know, that go get cool. lunch with Andrew. So I like that she, I like that that's how, it's a very subtle thing of explaining how these characters know each other. Uh, but I really like how she, she says that. And then, uh, Isagi goes, he's with a girl. That's not Ray. <laughs> Yeah, I right. I like that. I like that she's sticking up for your girl. Um I don't I don't I don't agree with that. I don't think she is. You don't think she's sticking up for Ray? No, I think she's shit disturbing. Uh, I think she's like mm. this is gonna make Ray furious and I hate this guy, so she he's gonna get in trouble. <laughs> Bonus all around. <laughs> I, I think I think Kat's probably closer. To the really? Yeah, it, okay. All right. I think I mean, she just likes stirring she's it. I think she's going up. to like. I think she's going to stir it up with him, but I don't think she'd tell Ray in that way. Like, I think you know, I think she really cares about Ray, and I think that the first reaction of "Oh my God, he's with someone who isn't Ray" is genuine, and then she's like, "I'm gonna go give him crap for this." <laughs> You know, uh, in, in, like in her weird, teasing, awkward, please don't flirt with this college student way. There's a really, uh, there's a really good scene where uh, Usagi's like, "Hey, I'm gonna go uh, fuck up this guy's relationship." Uh, anyway, uh, Umino, make sure you take Naru home. Wink, wink. She doesn't wink, but I think she's still a little concerned about Naru. And then uh, Umino does the an amazingly unsubtle, like perfectly accurate teenage boy <laughs> move. Where he's like, uh, you know, I, I would have been upset that Usagi left, but I mean, I guess I like somebody else now. <laughs> 
She has the like annoyed lines going down her face. Yeah, it is. De- it is delightful. I love the. I, I think the uh, Naru Umino relationship is. It's like it's weird because it definitely feels like here's Naru's consolation prize, but it's also like it is pretty cute. This is where it's cute. The Deke dub totally blew it because they made that scene. Melvin still pining over Serena. His huh. his speech there is all about. Oh man, maybe someday Serena will will do something with me. They absolutely blew it because again it, it was great scene in the, the japanese version and when i watched the english i was like i can't believe they just fucked it up like that like this is that, that ruins the whole progression of the show oh well so uh isagi goes outside and she's like uh well yumemi yumeno is pulling uh darian you know pulling uh member trying to get him back to her studio and isagi just again slides into frame and she's like i <laughs> saw everything <laughs> And Mary's like, what are you talking about? This is not anything. And she's like, well, you're holding hands, so you're garbage. <laughs> I'm going to ruin your life. <laughs> uh, but then uh, she grabs Usagi's uh, sleeve, too, and it all starts yanking on her as well. And she's like, what? What's going on? And she's like, you're also perfect for modeling. And that- You made me Polly. That's what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> she Yusagi freaks out at the prospect of being a model, of course. She freaks out. Yeah. She freaks out disproportionately. <laughs> she wants to be a star, man. She's gonna she, be She has yeah, wanted to be a model before though, right? Like yeah. or am I just assuming because she has also wanted to be like a singer and whatever? Um probably. I don't know if we've specifically heard her say that, but I think I think it's safe to assume she does. <laughs> Um, yeah, and she expresses it via like epilepsy warning, flashing <laughs> stars and neon colors, <laughs> surprise face. So, well, they go back to Yumemi's house, and there's like one of my favorite pictures of Yusagi, where she is like pointing at Memru, like mocking him because she's like, "I'm pretty. I'm gonna be a model." <laughs> It's like really super cute. Um, the one with the lines coming out of her head and stuff? Uh, I'm actually about to put it on, on okay. Twitter. So I'm sure that if you go to the Sailor Business account three weeks from now, uh, yeah, you can many see it in our, in our pictures. That's very funny. This is a weird scene too, because Memoru clearly came back to her house. Like, is it, like, I don't understand him. Is he like a complete pushover or what? Because he clearly doesn't want to be there. And then when she details, oh, that is adorable, by the way. <laughs> When she details what they're gonna do, like he's like, she's like, I'm gonna draw a picture of you guys. You're gonna post. He's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. And it's like, well, what? How did she get you all the way to her place? I don't get him. I don't get him in that respect. Yeah, she, she might like have to. She might live next door to the gallery. Maybe, maybe. I have a hard time. I mean, I was joking earlier, but I do have a hard time buying, you know, Mamoru from what we know about him and his interactions with uh, Usagi, like putting up with it up to the point where she's like, uh, I'm going to draw you together. Uh, yeah. Not just like, I'm going to draw you separately. Yeah. Yeah. She tries it's, to put Usagi on the couch next to him and he's like, no, not interested. Yeah. It's, it's Yeah. He's being a huge grump. It is. It's really weird. Why would you come all this way? Yeah. Uh, as they, when they finally do sit next to each other, that we have a great moment. So, so first of all, Yusaki <laughs> imagines how mad Ray would be if she saw this, and imaginary Ray is like a demon. <laughs> 
practically. Yeah, she has she has fangs. <laughs> My favorite part is that she is she is coming out of the thought balloon. Yep, she's climbing out to kick yeah. her ass. Like it's it's great. And I also <sighs> like that she imagines Ray in her like she imagines Ray, not Sailor Mars. Oh yeah, no, like, no, totally. It's, it's Ray in her school uniform, not Ray as as a senshi. But this is the this is the moment where okay, this is the moment where uh, as the title says, they become they get closer. So um, again, I was kind of in and out uh, on the Japanese version because I was very tired. I did watch it, but I was kind of like getting a little spacey. So the, the English version is a little bit more familiar to me. The English version has this scene work like this. First, uh, you saw uh, Serena looks at Darian and is like, in her head, oh man, Darian is a little bit of a hunk. Uh, oh, Ray would be so mad if I said that. And then she starts talking out loud. She starts mumbling like aloud about it. Like, oh man, but he's good looking, but he's a jerk. And she literally hits herself <laughs> in the head <laughs> while thinking about it and like knocks herself silly. Um, okay. There's that's Serena for you. Meanwhile, Darian <laughs> Darian turns to look at her. Oh, let me let me see if I wrote the uh, details. Yes. She turns to look at her and he thinks to himself, she is a looker when she's not falling down, and then laughs out loud. He insults her in his head and it makes him laugh <laughs> out loud. That's how who, clever who among he us has not done that though. <laughs> Just looked at someone and started laughing. <laughs> I've done it. Oh, good. Oh, man. So it's hard to protect uh, him. It's hard to defend him sometimes. Uh, but <laughs> there he is. So as they're getting their portrait done, uh, we cut outside. And there's this really, really beautiful establishing shot of uh, Tokyo where everything, you know, everything in the background is kind of these uh, pastel marker strokes, uh, just, you know, kind of vague outlines of buildings that pans down and as it pans down like the street lights flicker on and it's just like it's a really really pretty incidental establishing shot which i think we've talked about it before we, we talked about it when laura was on the show how pretty the backgrounds are in this show a lot of the time and how they're they're all like pastels they're all like pastel pink and green mm-hmm. uh but they really are it's, this can be as much as we've had episodes with kind of dodgy animation it's a really pretty show uh with really pretty backgrounds uh which i like quite a bit the the art too in this one like the the artists uh paintings that as a kid those really stood out to me i loved them you know it was cool seeing them again because it was like oh yeah that one uh the one with like the girl with pink hair and then the one that that's kind of that that foretells something that may or may not happen in the future it, it, they're all really cool and pastelly and wispy it's neat yeah, they're also slightly they're done in a slightly different style it's not quite watercolor but it's kind of like what i imagine watercolor would look like in anime like what do like the paintings have a distinct enough visual that they they look like paintings even in the context of an animated show where everything is you know all the backgrounds are kind of stylized and and watercolorish too. Right. Uh, one other thing about this uh, this uh, sequence and it's something again that has come up in the show quite a bit, uh, which is that uh, you know the, Yumemi talks about her self portrait and she's like, yeah, I guess I'm not quite the beautiful girl you imagined. And it's like, no, you are again exactly as pretty as everyone else on the show like there's there is no dude, appreciable difference dude she has six freckles ew oh wow i'm sorry i, yeah. I forgot about her glasses and her freckles she's almost deformed well is this the scene yeah this is the scene right where you find out she has no friends right when they're when they're talking yeah when they're talking because she's drawing them uh because she says yeah she's like i don't have any friends because well why because well because people who like my my paintings imagine me to be like this beautiful woman and so i can't approach them and and, and disappoint them and it's like that doesn't answer the question like go somewhere that isn't your paintings and make friends like what go to a movie (laughs) 
Like, go to a, a store that doesn't sell your paintings. Like, there are lots of people around. If you want friends, you don't have to only look at your followers for them. Yeah. And also, again, she's she's cute. Oh, she's, yeah. She's perfectly she is. cute. She's really cute. She's got that she's got that Katniss side braid going on. <laughs> uh, like, again, I don't... This show keeps insisting that people who are drawn to look exactly like everyone else on the show are somehow yeah. not... Like, why is Ray beautiful and Yumemi is not? Yeah, no. Is it because Ray has purple highlights in her hair because her hair is down because she doesn't put it in a braid if you put your hair in a braid you're not good looking ray has sexy shoes oh that's true she does it makes her look so mature um this is is also the scene where they find a a a drawing of uh the moon princess giving tuxedo mask her moon locket or her star locket or whatever you want to call it and uh, darian spazzes out when he sees this Like again in the in the dove, Serena brings it over and is like, "Look at the oh, actually, this is right after he says something really mean to her. I forgot because uh, let me so let's let's step back. Sorry, sorry, sorry. She's talking about how oh, I don't have any friends, I don't have anything. And Darian goes, "You will never be able to cause happiness in others unless you can be happy yourself." Which is like just a sh- sort of a shitty thing to say, like just outright like that. I mean, she's talking I mean, about not being happy with her life, and he's like, "Well, then you will never make anyone happy." It's like it's a weird thing because it's like that's almost good advice. Yeah, almost. <laughs> Hey, you have to love yeah, yourself. He's pretty much, yeah, he's pretty much just espousing self-love just in a really crappy package. It's yeah. a dick move. It's like, well, you know, you're garbage and here's why. So then so then Serena finds the painting, uh, the drawing of the, of the with the locket, and she's like, no, like, look, she could totally make people feel things. Look at this beautiful thing. And she goes, look at this and tell me you don't feel something. And he's like, oh, because <laughs> it, it is the locket that he used to own and then he, forgot. He briefly turns into Speed Racer. <laughs> Yeah, it's really weird how extreme his reaction is. It's the most emotion you see scene, in him ever. My favorite part of the scene is that uh, you maybe goes, yeah, for some reason, whenever I draw these two, I'm miserable. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like, yeah, me too. Whenever I see those two together, it's Aww. always miserable. Aww. He's terrible. Aww, no. It's the guy's fault, Yumemi. Uh, so we get another kind of uh, very pretty pastel establishing shot of a building. But this time, Zoicide's hanging out on top of one, just looking down at uh, Yumemi's uh, art studio from across the street. And uh, Zoicide's like, yeah, I'm going to turn you into a monster. <laughs> and is delighted by this. I love that her first reaction is that she's like, whoa, what a pretty guy. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's true. Look, former model, college yeah. student, former model, 48-year-old man. Wait, so, okay, uh, man, what's next? Is the next thing, oh, the next thing is the scene where she sees her, Usagi's reflection in the, in the mirror. It's very weird. Uh, yeah, uh, Yumemi is walking Usagi home because she is a tiny child. <laughs> and memory was probably like, peace out. I hope you get mugged. <laughs> oh. But, but yeah, Usagi is walking. And again, as we've kind of shown, Usagi, Usagi's superpower is super Super friendship. Like, she needs this. Like, she needs a friend, and Yusagi is the best friend for anyone to have ever, especially if they aren't used to what a friend is. And, and what she's saying is, hey, you're, you know, you don't have to worry. You're an awesome person because you made me cookies. <laughs> Which is a very uh, soggy thing to do. And uh, painted and a beautiful walking, picture of her. They're walking by the gallery and these two girls, like everybody says the weirdest things yeah. about art yeah. in this show. Uh, they're like, there's these two girls looking at the poster and they're like, wow, anyone who can draw paintings like this must be a wonderful person. And Yumemi is literally hiding behind Usagi, who is several inches shorter than she is. <laughs> she is like crouched down, hiding behind Usagi from people who like nobody knows what she looks like. <laughs> 
It's like she is recoiling in fear. Well, but again, that that's how these things work. Like, Chris, you know, you read comics. When you have your favorite comic artist, you're like, this must be the strongest, buffest person in the world. He must be able to punch anything. It's true. Like, I, I, I bet Art Adams could uh, win any MMA competitions. <laughs> Oh, it's true. Because, <laughs> so, you know, I've seen so many comics artists in my time, and they're all mega ripped. <laughs> but <laughs> but so this scene is super weird anyway. So that after those girls walk away saying those things, Yusagi's just like, hey, you know what? They're kind of right. You're awesome. Bye. And then she's gone. She just runs away, like, in the middle of their walk. Very weird and random. And then that yakety yak cat <laughs> from outer space shows up. Oh, uh, Luna shows up with the moon stick, going, uh, "Yusagi, did you lose something?" Uh, of course, in the <laughs> they do uh, do Luna the joke. Shows up, like, well, Luna shows up in a really cool way too, where oh, she's yeah. like hiding in the shadows and her eyes are reflecting the light, like like an actual cat. Yeah. But since Luna has giant anime eyes, it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> And she she throws the moonstick down in the in the dub in the dub they actually do go for the joke which I was very pleased by where she goes you got another one <laughs> and she's like oh, no that's, that's the one you're supposed to have <laughs> uh, Luna throws it on the ground too which is kind of hilarious <coughs> like Luna's not exactly taking care of the moonstick. She's she's PO'd. Um, that being said, I feel like watching the Japanese version of this scene, Luna is kind of saying some things that are very, you know, true and judgmental about it. But I feel like she's not saying them in a super angry way, right? Like her tone of voice doesn't sound like she's not she's not really sticking it to her. Uh, I feel like she's just exhausted from having dragged something half the size of her body all over Tokyo. <laughs> right. Well, what, well yeah, yeah. But I'm, that's what I'm saying. It yeah. comes across she's much more like, like uh, I, you know. It, it's not like she doesn't seem angry. She seems casting. I don't okay. understand why she didn't just put it back in her butt and carry it around that way. <laughs> <laughs> didn't seem to bother her before. It's interesting to me that she says, if you don't want to do this, I can find someone else. It's like, are, is that a, are you just guilt tripping? Can you actually do that? I don't think you can. You know, like, what's the, does she know she can do that? It's a really interesting thing to say. I mean, from the episode after she gave her the moon stick, it, they were talking about it as though she could. As though she could have given the moonstick to any of them, but she yeah, chose I mean, Sailor Moon. In future episodes, we will see that, like, uh, you know, we talked about uh, Fractious Friends, uh, the one that was done for uh, Moon Animate Makeup, which you really should watch if you haven't. It's really fun. But there is a thing in there about how, you know, where Mars is like, hey, maybe I should be the one with the moonstick. Which, again, I, my theory about this show is that if you ask Luna who the leader is, she will say Mars. <laughs> well, not. So I don't know why she didn't give it to Mars to begin with. Not anymore. Other than that it's a moonstick. Well, no, but you know what? Even that. Well, Okay, well, two things about that. First of all, not anymore because now she said Sailor Moon's the leader because I want her to learn responsibility. She said that last episode or two episodes ago. Uh-huh. But that that th- this is my I guess again this is my sort of theory that like maybe she can maybe she can customize these things. Maybe if she had given the computer to Sailor Moon, it would have had moons on it instead of Mercury symbols. Maybe if she gave the moon stick to Mars, it would be a Mars stick and it would have a big red ball on the top instead of a, a moon. Like you know what I mean? Like maybe maybe she does in the moment customize them. Uh, so while that is going on. Uh, it- and it is like she, like Luna was obviously mad earlier and is now like doing the I'm not mad I'm just disappointed yeah. Yeah. you're a simpleton <laughs> yeah she says she calls her simple which uh and there's a great shot of uh, uh Isagi with a heart and a word balloon being stabbed by a dagger yes uh, which is really and really looking great. speaking of peanuts look her silhouette looks very peanuts there I think as well Yes. Uh, so, uh, Zoocyte, while all this is going on, has just crashed through the window at Yumemi's house. And again, Yumemi's first reaction is, oh my god, that guy is hot. <laughs> that guy <Yeah>. is pretty. <laughs> That's where it is, yeah. 
But I, I love that, that the artist's first reaction is like, oh, my God. <laughs> Look at his hair. Hey, do you want to maybe sit down and I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll paint your picture? Yeah. <laughs> Look, the window's fine. And, it, <laughs> and then we move forward to him immediately being like, oh, well, you have a rainbow crystal. We're up to the G of the Roy G. Bin. We're up to the G's. <laughs> We've had ROY, now it's time for G. So the green crystal pops out, and uh, he turns her into she, unsurprisingly. No, she doesn't have any, I guess she does. I guess she has psychic powers in that she has visions of dreams the moon. of the moon yeah, king, yeah. Uh, which is what leads her to Usagi and memory. But she doesn't have like the telekinesis or the kind of obvious precognition that we got from uh, from uh, Rio in the last episode. But uh, she's- Something that's really interesting to me about the paintings is that one of the paintings has something in it that's going to be in one of the movies. And what I want to know is, did they know? at the time that they were going to do those movies and which, like put uh, it in for that reason the the moon one the the um the the princess moon princess um not not that moon princess the uh, uh what's which her, one what's her name yeah yeah the the one from the one where luna where there's a, a human luna oh do they show something of that yeah there's like the uh, i looked her up so it's princess kaguya from the the one where where luna turns human which isn't like i don't want to get into that i just think it's really interesting that there's a painting of that and I don't have a concept of like when they planned these movies or if they came back and looked for a design you know when they were doing it like how that all got worked in because if they if they knew it's cool that they were giving her that variety of psychic power that like she has past and future events but just nebulously she doesn't know what they tie down to because that's what S or super S um I'm sure I can find it hold on it's not because it's not Uh, not even R yeah okay yeah it's S cool the movies are really troublesome because at some point we're going to need to you know watch them but they don't actually fit anywhere yeah like they just sort of take place somewhere like if i remember correctly the sailor moon r movie has rini in it but she leaves at the end of sailor moon r so it doesn't take place after sailor moon r it just takes place at some nebulous time during sailor moon r and it's like well how are we supposed to i don't know i'm sure somebody has worked out where you can slot it in best we'll have to look we should uh it. we should do commentary track versions oh. of the movies because we talk for an hour about these 20 minute episodes <laughs> we'll be here you all day should. talking about the movies so we should do commentary cool. tracks where we where we literally i mean we'll have to have watched it first but then no, it, i think we should i think we should do it while we are watching it no subtitles subtitles are for reading jordan yeah, but we'll miss them and also there will be so much time when we're silent won't there uh look i can talk <laughs> I'm a talker. <laughs> you know this. So, uh, Yumemi turns out to be a uh, the host of a great monster, one of the seven great monsters, known as Vina, which, uh, again, I don't know if there's any significance to that name. Uh, Kat, any ideas? Yeah, well, yeah, there is. It's uh, one of the, like, it's it's one of the Sephiroth, so it's a type of angel. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. There you go. So that explains why she turns into an, an angel. Which I mean, she, and she is very much, she has angel wings, she's got this, like, pink robe kind of thing. Oh, yes. Uh, it's, I actually really like the design for the monster a lot, especially given how Gameson and uh, Bunbo both looked like tokusatsu monsters. They both looked like like rubber suits. And Usagi is there because she is rushed back with the moonstick. And Usagi yeah. goes, so he goes, oh, I'm scared. Oh, but I can't be scared. But that's scary. And if she says, but that's scary, <laughs> she like backs away out of the, the frame. Uh, and then we get a really cool scene where she busts out the communicator. And we get awesome scenes of Luna and the rest of the scouts turning towards the camera <laughs> and getting like, you know, speed lines around their faces. 
and everyone looks really cool. Like Ray is is doing like a, a I guess she's doing chores. something. Well, no, she's Miko not doing stuff. chores. She's doing yeah, she's doing a, a Miko thing because she's got the wand. The oh yeah, little thing. I don't know what it's called. I don't know what any of this is called. But she's in front of the fire with her priestess stick, her Mars stick, and uh, Jupiter is just like kind of super intense. But Amy is studying. <laughs> she's got her math book <laughs> and she lowers the math book, and you see her focused eyes. I love that shot of Amy. It's maybe my second favorite shot of Amy. <laughs> wow. That's saying something. Uh, it's super intense. I really like it. I also uh, like that this is Usagi going from being lectured at sucking to like actually being responsible right away. Like many times, many, you know, she misuses these things all the time and she does a lot of stupid things where she doesn't call people or she doesn't do this and that. This time she sees the monster. She's like, guys, let's do this. And it works nice. One of the only times we've seen someone actually make the call when they see a monster, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is, is pretty good instead of just like hoping the rest of them will show up, which they always do. So wait, do they show up that fast? No, no. She goes in on her own first, right? Yeah, she does her full, she, she does her speech. <laughs> she, yeah, she does her her transformation and she talks to, you know, a speech and everything. And the mo- Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So the monster has this power that is ridiculously stupid. <laughs> the monster's superpower is... Wait, do you not love this power? No, I love it's... Yeah, I love this power. I'll tell you what. This is, I love this power in the way that I love ideas for things, but it is executed moronically. I okay, love that's true. I think this is great. She pulls she a feather out of her wings and it draws a rock and the rock falls. Yeah, it's a quill because she's oh, an no. artist. I know yeah, what that a quill. <laughs> but it, she yeah, just draws rocks over her head. Yeah, Jordan, it's executed terribly. She could have drawn anything. And I guess I like it because I'm there going, oh, she could draw anything. How cool. But she only draws rocks. Yes. She, no, I'm totally on your side. She draws it. Not only does she only draw rocks, the cheap animation means she draws the same rock over and over again. It, <laughs> oh, it, no. it looks really stupid. And then it's also really random because she draws a big rock and then she starts drawing a lot of really small rocks that Sailor Moon just dodges a lot of. And then she draws a giant rock and the rock falls. Um, <laughs> and then she draws. Wait, does she draw the ropes or does she just pull out ropes? That I'm not sure on. That turn into stakes. Uh, I, I do not know. I'm busy watching uh, Usagi dodging rocks. Oh, how adorable. Uh, it's so great. Like, I actually love this. I mean, I think it's weird that all she draws is rocks. rocks! But I really, I, I love that she is, is doing it. As she draws it, she yes. says, this is the rock that my church will be built on. Because she's an angel. Right. <laughs> I get it. Uh, so a big rock is about to hit Usagi, and who shows up but Tuxedo Mask going after that rainbow crystal. Uh, and he rescues her from being crushed by a rock, and he's like, good luck. <laughs> Have fun. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, that's a... Su- Wait, but what, did he even get the, the crystal? Like, No, no, no. He, he did not get the crystal. We'll get there. He's just oh, not letting He saves her, Usagi right, because the crystal is with Zoisite, uh, who has left. Oh, yeah, can so I, he's can, chasing after Zoisite. Can I go back, actually, one second really quick for something else yeah. dumb about this episode? Um, so, here, so, yeah, Zoisite has the crystal. So, here's what happens. Zoisite goes, uh, I'm going to take the crystal out of you. You're going to turn into a monster. That happens. Done. Mission over. Then for some reason, Zoisite goes, cool, let's go run through the city. I know I could just teleport home right now and be like, done, my mission has succeeded, here you go, here's another crystal. But instead, they smash out a window and like run, jump on some rooftops and I'm going, what What? what are they doing? Like, why are they doing this? They're just giving people an opportunity to attack them. Like, this is stupid. Do you think that he's trying to lure any of them to get back the other gems? I, that, I mean, that's the only other option, but like, I don't know. I mean, I guess... 
I guess he'll end up fighting with Tuxedo Mask in a little bit. And the implication could be, yeah, he's trying to get the, the orange crystal back from him. Um, Where are the scouts keeping their gem? Who knows, but... I don't know. I mean, I guess. Makes no. sense where they keep everything else. <laughs> I mean, I, I, in Yusaki, under Yusaki's pillow. Like, I, they're not very... <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That I will guarantee you it is not in the uh, Tsukino household. It is It is at the Hikawa Shrine, if it's anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. But I mean, again, like I said, it's just, again, we've seen Zoisite teleport a million billion times. You'd think you'd be like, Crystal, got it, gone. Uh, but instead, even now, the monster's fighting Sailor Moon, Zoisite left, but didn't go home. So Tuxedo Mask is going, all right, I'm going to go follow Zoisite. All right. And and like, you're you're right. It's, I mean, it must be part of the plan. It's just not a very good plan because it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know if we should give them that credit because he doesn't <laughs> say that that's what he's doing. So it's we true. have no idea. The uh, the everyone on the show does tend to announce what they're doing. So <laughs> well, they did uh, the say that last sc- episode. Last episode, they said they were going to try to face off against him when he goes to get other crystals. But still, they need to they need to eventually because Beryl is like, hey, we need all of those, <laughs> and you really have fucked up getting two of them now. Uh, <laughs> so I, the rest of the scouts show up. Uh, they kill Vina. The uh, Vina. Vina does draw those. Yeah, looking, yeah. she like quickly does a cool hand thing, and then the the draw lines appear with the ropes. Yeah, she puts she puts a quill in between all of her fingers, like when you would pretend to be Wolverine. Wolverine, <laughs> yeah. Nice. And she just draws a bunch of snakes like that. Which I I don't know how you can not love Vina. Wait, with, hold on. The power does she draw? The, so wait, the ropes are real, and she draws them into snakes, or she draws ropes? No, she draws them, the ropes, and they turn. She into draws snakes. ropes. And they Why? What is that extra step she can for? Draw, Why didn't yeah, she, she just, just draw cause, snakes? Because look, until you finish a drawing of a snake, it might be a rope. <laughs> so the drawing, so the quills are drawing like just the lines and the magic is going, looks like a rope to me. And then she puts the heads on. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry, snakes. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like that is exactly what happened. <laughs> Um, oh man! The scouts show up, and she does the thing with the rock. She's getting ready to drop four medium-sized rocks on him. And I really like this because Jupiter and Mars just kind of dodge out of the way. Amy steps into it so that she is in the perfect spot to not get hit, and starts her attack. And I really love how she does that because she's super good at math, <laughs> so she can she can predict where those rocks are going to fall and just slide in between them. I think it's really cool. Uh, that is really cool. I never noticed that. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And so she. Uh, she hits him with the extremely effective bubble spray. Right, sure. And what and what does it do? Uh, it, do it, it it turns the tide of the battle. Oh, so <laughs> what it does? Uh, incorrect. I would say. I think it stuns her. It stuns yeah, her. It makes her like a little a, confused. She shivers because it's oh, cold. Wow, it's cold. Bubbles are cold. Well, they're not. I think it so, gives her like okay. the stun status effect, so she can't move during that round. Right. Okay. I think uh, that's what's happening. Uh, mm-hmm. And Sailor Moon says, "Hey, everybody. She's actually a kind, good person. She made me cookie." So uh, don't don't murder her. Yeah, you guys uh, fight then, her, but don't kill her on the fight. By which the way. is dumb because we again. She's the only one who can do the healing. <laughs> yes, she's the only one because, who can do the healing. Uh. Hey, listen, I know I'm the one who can only do the healing, and the thing that you do involves shooting out fireballs and lightning. <laughs> don't hurt her with those. I'll be right back. Uh, no, send the people who can shoot out lightning after Zoocyte. Yeah. Lightning is faster than cherry blossoms. Kill, yeah, kill Zoocyte. Nobody cares. So so instead, uh, Usagi runs away, and we get to cut to uh, Tuxedo Mask and Zoocyte fighting uh, up on a rooftop somewhere. 
somewhere. On it's the, on the. It's, they're at a construction site. They're up on the girders, up which on I the actually, like. It's a really cool little set piece. <laughs> I like the uh, the big heart made out of neon light or white paint, whatever that is. Looks cool. Lots of the signs are cool in the background. Yeah, yeah I was looking at them. I wanted to see if anything was was anything, but I don't think. I think it's just. I mean, <laughs> random English. Yeah. Well, I, one says Tachibana, which I only mm. know from Common Rider, but that is like a that is like a name. <laughs> It's like, you know, just a name in Japan. Just so happens that a character from Kamen Rider was named Tachibana. So nothing really happens in the fight between Tex Mask and Zoisite. Like they, right? Like nobody gets the upper hand or anything. They just, Zoisite leaves. I think Zoisite had the upper hand until Sailor Moon showed up. I think we're supposed to believe that because Tuxedo Mask was just defending. Sure. But again, neither of them get each other's gem. Uh, Zoisite gets away with the gem. So then Sailor Moon and Tuxedo Mask get to have a little talk and Sailor Moon's like, oh yeah, you're so awesome. Thank you for helping all the time. And he's like, I don't help you because I like you. I help you because you're fighting bad guys and I don't want bad guys to win. And she's like, oh. I'm like, oh, dick. <laughs> <laughs> and so then he's like... <laughs> So they, oh, then they, they, they have the, the locket together and, uh, oh, that locket that you dropped. Uh, and she's like, do you want it back? And he's like, no, you can have it. Uh, well, he's like, hey, that's my locket. It belonged to the moon princess. And she's like, oh, you know the moon princess? Because we're kind of looking for the moon princess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, me, Bunny Moon, Sailor Moon. <laughs> Uh, wielder of the moonstick. Uh, I'm trying to find the moon princess. If you have any idea who, who she is, and he's like, no, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I do have visions of you all the time on the moon, like looking in a princess dress. But I have no idea who the moon princess can be. I'm sorry. Her face is in shadow. It's too hard to tell. Yeah, I mean, she looks like she has two odongos on her head, and I know that she has like 14 foot long blonde hair. Uh, <laughs> but I have no idea who she could possibly be. If you know anyone who fits that description, that might help you. But he lets her keep the locket, and in the I don't know if. In the Japanese, but in the English one, he he, she's like, well, if you if you want, there is one other thing you could give me if you want, and you could give me the crystal that you got that one time because I need those. Not where I thought that was going. <laughs> no, it's the crystal, and he's like, no, I'm not giving you the crystal. Uh, in fact, you have a crystal. I'm gonna take it at some point. Like you can keep it for now, but I need the crystals. So he says, if an opportunity arrives to arises to steal this crystal, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> like heads up. <laughs> That's nice of him to do. It's nice that he gave the heads up. Uh, it's like, oh, well, what a, that's a dick move. Now, here's my question. We know why the Dark Kingdom wants the rainbow crystals, wants the silver crystal. We kind of know why the scouts want the crystal, because it's, you know, it's the, the silver crystal right. will lead them to the moon princess. Why does Tuxedo Mask want it? Does he have a reason, no, or is no, it just yeah, like yeah. a thing that he's compelled to do? Every night in his dreams, the moon princess tells him to get them, and also they will give him his memories back. Okay. He, remember, he got a piece of it, and it gave him a little bit of his memory. So now he, he, he needs the whole thing to get his whole memory back. And also, like I said... Every Every night he has that dream where she goes, get take get the crystal, get the silver crystal. And he's well, like, okay. Why doesn't his dream tell them, hey, work with the scouts? <laughs> That's yeah, and good why don't idea. they just talk out their motivations here? Perfect opportunity. <coughs> they both say, like, hey, we both want these things, and neither person says why. Right. Tell you what, you, we get the thing, we'll give you the crystal, you can get your memories back, and then you give it back to us. It doesn't say you have to hold on to it forever. Like we just you get your memories and then we will hang on to it because we're good guys. No. So uh he bails and then <laughs> And uh, there's an amazing <laughs> moment where uh, Usagi like is looking after him, and then she literally remembers there's a fight going on. <laughs> yes, she's like, "Oh my god, I love that person who made me cookies with uh, the pyromaniac. <laughs> that is and the strongest person I know." That's my favorite part of the episode. What? And her oh. face is so cute. Uh. Yeah, she has a full on. Oh my god, we're not done. And then the, it immediately cuts to Jupiter throwing supreme thunder, <laughs> uh, which is hilarious. 
It's um, shocking the heck out of the... Oh, no, she now she, only has one wing. She blows her wing off. Yes, that's brutal. And then she, saw, she was like, oh, my God, I told you not to kill her. <laughs> it would, yeah, it would be great if she came back with, like, one arm when she heals her. And Jupiter's like, well, I'm, like look, step to the queen, you best not miss. It's really cool that the monster is not even an issue for the scouts. You know, that like she poses no no challenge to them at all now that they're all assembled. Yeah. Just like just like destroying this like the challenge is not murdering her. <laughs> um one thing I actually don't think we've talked about in the uh the four episodes we've done is how they uh they say refresh whenever they uh get turned back into people, which I think is kind of a weird thing to say. They do? Yeah, in the in the Japanese yeah! like, they say, I didn't refresh. notice that at all. Yeah, it happens every time. <laughs> Wow! Did they say anything in the uh, in the in no, the nothing at all. No, they, I think they no just because yell. it's really weird to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Yumemi uh, uh, turns back into Yumemi, or, or uh, uh, Vina turns back into Yumemi, who kind of collapses. Oh, you know, I never then, told you her name in in the dub. Oh, what is her name? The painter's oh, name. It? Her her painting name is Lonnie Lanai. Um, but that's a pen name. Her real name is Peggy Jones. Uh, <laughs> And they talk about how she did a bunch of paintings under the name Peggy Jones and they flopped. And then she went and started doing them as Lonnie Lanai and that's when they got popular. So at the end, she goes to start using her real name. I guess that's, I mean, I guess that's a, that's a better reason for not wanting to be Peggy Jones than Yumemi has for not wanting people to know what she looks like, I guess. (laughs) Agree. Yeah, that gives any justification. I mean, other you, than, yeah, Yumemi, as far as we know, is, is like always has always been a success. She's just been kind of a recluse. But yeah, so uh, hilariously, Yumemi wakes up like she kind of you know falls down and wakes up after being a monster. She's not at her house. She's at a construction site <laughs> on the ground. Yep. And the scouts are like, "Our work here is done." And then <laughs> the show forgets that the sailor scouts can't fly. Yes. I could not understand why this happened either. Uh, fly into the air, hover for a second, <laughs> fade away. And that is that is not among the Sailor Sinchi's powers. No. As far as I know. Moon transportation. Not they at all. run everywhere. No, it's beautiful. It's so good. So I wonder if that's supposed to be seeing them from Yumemi's point of view. They, like, but, where Yumemi's, like, just about to pass out. And so oh. Just, like, so she's hallucinating? Like, oh. Where she's like, you know, that's her getting ready to pass out. And then they're like, like, the real life thing that happened was that Yusagi was like, we should probably take her home so she's not asleep at a construction site until someone gets here in the morning. That makes more sense than them jumping 50 feet into the air oh, and poor. disappearing. It doesn't make sense either way. So, and then we go to the button, uh, which is, of course, she has she's putting up a new painting uh in the in the exhibit it's of it's of sailor moon and moon princess and tuxedo mask except not quite that's the thing that i think is sort of funny is that it actually doesn't really look like darian it doesn't look like darian and it does look like he literally uh, modeled for it what how did she blow that (laughs) she gave him uh brown hair she changed his hair color and his face doesn't look right. Um, also, there's a zeppelin in the background. No, see, I, I, do you think that's a zeppelin? I think that I thought that was a, a flying saucer, like a '50s flying saucer. Is it? No, not? that is a zeppelin because okay. it's the zeppelin that's in the opening sequence. Oh, interesting. For no reason. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, the angle of the screenshot I was looking at look, made it look like a flying saucer. Um, yeah, weird, weird all around. Very weird. Uh, uh, also, Yumemi has taken off her glasses, so she is no longer a horribly ugly person. <laughs> 
And she's done uh, a self-portrait for reals. As herself. we all know, people in glasses are monsters. Like Melvin, yeah. Yeah, you know, like that awful, awful Melvin. And Princess Diamond. Princess Diamond. That's uh, a completely off-script, like, word of God thing. Someone asked Naoko, like, if if uh, Melvin was attractive without his glasses. Which I feel like you shouldn't answer, but she did. Um, do you want to, like, yeah, do you want to know? Say, yeah, oh, yeah. Say? Yeah, she said that he's super hunky. What? <laughs> Yeah! <laughs> That's preposterous! Right? I was just like, why? That is Super hilarious. hunky? Yeah. Oh, well, uh, I don't is, believe her. She's wrong. Delight. Uh, so, Yumemi has decided to replace the picture of the fictional uh, Yumemi with an actual self-portrait, uh, which well I done. think is hilarious because she is wearing the same shirt in her self-portrait <laughs> that she has been wearing for the duration of the episode. And while the episode has only, like, this is the next day, so this is only the second day she's wearing the same clothes. Uh, she is also wearing the same clothes in the picture, which is like, oh yeah, she only owns one shirt. <laughs> I mean, I assumed... She's like- only person in Sailor Moon. Everybody else has a really big wardrobe. I actually assumed she did that painting when she got home. Like, it's not like she did it. Oh, so you, you don't think she slept? No, I think she was just <laughs> went home and went, all right, I'm doing a real picture now. Well, she should have gone home and drawn a picture of herself as an angel battling <laughs> the prettiest man in the world. She's done that too, but... That's that didn't it, it didn't ring true. So she's doing one that looks actually like a real picture. And uh, that brings us to the end of the episode, uh, which I, I guess we will give our final thoughts on it in a moment. But now is the time where we like to talk about what we learned from the episode. So Jordan, do you have the Sailor Moon says from the original dub? Yes, I am. Uh, I am queuing it up as we speak. Bonnie, I mean Peggy, is a major cool artist, but she thought people expected her to be as beautiful as her paintings. She was living up to other people's expectations. We all want to please people at one time or another, and that's okay, as long as we don't get caught up in what other friends want, like getting into drugs or other bad stuff. You don't have to do everything your friends tell you. When something feels wrong, be true to yourself first. Like Peggy, Sailor Moon says... Be true to yourself first, which is the opposite of what Peggy did well, for a very long until she was successful. Yes. Okay, why would you bring drugs into it? Yeah, like that, that, that moral made perfect sense until she was like, "Oh, also, don't do drugs." <laughs> Uh, I, don't, okay. I don't have a clue. That was, a, yeah, it was just so random and weird. I mean, again, this is another in the series of good lessons that don't <laughs> necessarily have anything to do with, uh, with anything that happens on the show. Yeah. It's not about peer pressure. If anything, I mean, like, it, like, again, the legit lesson of the episode was probably like, open up to friendship, you know, don't, don't I, be afraid like to reach out to people or something like the that. The actual lesson was like, be yourself. Like, you don't have to hide, you know, you don't have to pretend to be something you're not. Like, people will still like you if you're, sure, you, sure. you're being yourself. Uh, but now is the time where we talk about what we learned. It's time for Sailor Business Says. And Kat, we will start with you. What did you learn from this episode? So I learned something that a lot of people who fight monsters should learn. That when you're faced with a monster that's scary, you should probably call someone, especially if you're going to call like uh, a conference call all of your friends who can come and easily kick its butt. Well, that's a good don't, Yeah, don't go in alone if you don't have to go in alone. Yeah. People in horror movies movies and other kids facing similar magical girl situations. Mm-hmm. Don't just expect them to show up like they usually do anyway. <laughs> uh, Jordan, what did you learn from this episode? Uh, sometimes people you think are your friends just hate your enemies more than you thought they did. 
Uh, I learned that if you're trying not to hurt someone, just leave them with people who shoot lightning and fire. Because the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to lose a limb. And really, who needs it? Who needs it? Uh, yeah. I Again, this is, a, I think, a really great episode. Uh, I know that I usually say they're great episodes. I think we've had, like, two that I don't like. Yeah, yeah. But this one, this one's really fun. Um, I like that we get a little bit of uh, happy Naru. Happy Naru coming back is, is interesting. Um, it's, you know, it's a nice little thing for Naru that doesn't involve her getting caught up in a plot and getting, uh, even more psychologically damaged. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's unusual that she appears this much and doesn't get threatened. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I do think, I do think it's weird that, uh, Yumemi is again, exactly as pretty as everyone else on the show, but is, you know, shyness is a, shyness is, is a real thing. You can be shy. Uh, I love the monster. I think the, the monster's powers are cool. I think the monster's designs are cool i like the the tension that's ramping up between tuxedo mask and the scouts i, I like pretty much every element of this episode quite a bit even that usagi and mamoru get closer well look if i mean look they're going to i can't <laughs> that's true i wish i could uh I, he's <laughs> and he's less of it like you, your argument is always that he's teasing her yeah uh my argument is that what he says goes way past teasing uh, in this one, his stuff is a little more like just kind of, you know, I mean, he's still kind of a jerk, but it's, it's you know, it's just like, oh, that painting turned out good considering the model, which is, you know, a dick thing to say, but it's not like, hey, you're, you're human garbage and I hate you. <laughs> Although <laughs> the fact that he tells a joke about her in his head and then laughs at it is pretty fucking No, that is, that is pretty <laughs> Uh, and plus, like Yusagi gets the the better part of the interactions with him quite a bit, sure. Uh, which I like. Cat, uh, what did you think of the episode? I really love this episode. That's I think it's it's really beautifully drawn. Um, that there's there's a lot of pretty happening from the the backgrounds to the paintings. And also, like, really cute expressions. Uh, all of that's great. And it, it does feel like it's starting to turn a corner. Like, that that little thing where she gives Naru, like, some peace of mind uh, signals to me that we're leaving behind that beginning phase of the, the anime and moving on towards the actual story. And I think that's why, you know, I don't, I don't hate Tuxedo Mask as much in this episode. And hopefully that'll keep going for you guys, that he'll start to, start to get better as he becomes actually relevant to the story um yeah i think it's it's a good end yay uh jordan thoughts yeah uh, it's a blast uh I, I, and it's great uh, it's great seeing them hang out together i i again i like them together i like darian slash Romero, so i'm fine with his teasing uh and I, I do i think it's fun seeing them interact especially the fact that they don't want to um makes it fun so good stuff i i wasn't i'm not as into the paintings as uh, as other people are like they, they look i don't know other uh, other people you mean the two of us that are also on this call <laughs> as y'all as y'all are um that's fair i mean they're not they're they're really sketchy and they're like 90s anime but <laughs> i like the way that they're 90s anime well cat you brought up a thing that I, I i think is really good about this episode too in that you they do kind of focus on the pretty backgrounds uh and there is some really cool animation and for an, an episode that is about art like specifically about like you know things being very pretty pieces of art uh i think that's important like that the, the show actually looks really good when it's going to be about art it's like you know you don't 
want a song about songs that's a bad song. Yeah. You don't want a, a animated show about art that's a bad uh that's a bad uh piece of art. Yeah. I think it looks good. Yeah, yeah, they managed to keep everyone on model for this one. <laughs> hey uh Kat, actually I have a question. Uh I just put yeah. a link in the in the Skype. Can you can you tell us what uh Amy's textbook what textbook she's reading? I might be able to. It depends on whether or not there's a bunch of kanji. Hold on. I Yo, also that's put that kanji. picture on yeah, Twitter. I cannot read that. You can't read that one? Oh well. No, <laughs> oh, sorry. Drat. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to assume it's math. It's yeah, it's, I, I think that's the same book she holds. Like she has a standard book that she carries around, and I think she mentions it being a math book later. Cool. So I think that's so. Yeah, that. yeah. Uh, that does it for this week's episode. Uh, before we go, Kat, can you let everyone know where they can find you online? Sure. Uh, you guys can find me doing uh, any of my other podcasts. I uh, co-run the One Shot Podcast Network, which is at oneshotpodcast.com. There's One Shot or Campaign, which is the Star Wars podcast I run. Um, also, I am on Tumblr and Instagram at Cat Murphy is Magic. Excellent. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Crackshot, uh, but instead of an O, there's a zero in there. And I am on Twitter at the ISB. That's T-H-E-I-S-B as in Batman. And you can find the show on Twitter at Sailor Business. Uh, please follow the show uh, if you want to see the uh, screen caps that I put up, if you want to see things people send us. Uh, and you can send us things as well. Any fan art for the show that you have, any listener questions, fan art of me and Jordan eating hamburgers or <laughs> tennis balls or please. whatever. <laughs> hanging out with the scouts you know not in a creepy way no <laughs> uh, you know just just hanging out just anything sailor moon like weird bits of sailor moon media please send them over uh, i will try to get more of another story played before the next time that we have an episode so definitely follow that and if you enjoy the show uh why not pop over to itunes give us a rating or review uh those five little stars uh help other sailor moon fans find the show and uh and and help us feel good about doing it our, our self-worth is so tied up into this <laughs> Uh, so that does it for this episode. Next week, we will be talking about Total Chaos, the messy love rectangle, oh which is, and I know I've said this a lot, this is one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> you say that every episode now. <laughs> it's But this one is so good. There's a musical number in this one with oh, Makoto uh, and Yusagi. I can't wait. It's so good, Jordan. And and plus, it's a it's a Matoki episode. Your favorite. Oh! Oh, it's Rika. Oh, my God. How exciting. And also, I mean, we'll talk about it next week. The monster design's fucking awesome. It's a, a green lady with an undercut and a monocle. And I am into it. Okay. Uh, so be here for that next week. And until then, keep your mind on sailor business. Sailor business.